a halt to that Sunday roast because it's time for Grain of Truth. Please welcome your host, David Amass. Welcome to Grain of Truth, the show which fixes the truth when it's not broken. Your grains of truth today. Nom de plume is when you have a mouthful of feathers. Wheels that no longer work are given their retirement. Suits worn by Australian cardinals have George Lapel. The deceased middle manager was buried in paperwork. (laughs) 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 To introduce our panellists for this episode, it's over to our resident scorekeepers, the Boffins! (laughs) Yes, thank you, Mr Ennis from RMIT University. Representing Performing Arts, it's Stacey Taylor. From Charles Sturt University, Wagga Wagga Campus. Representing Heroes, it's Rob Lloyd. From Mac Robertson Girls School, representing domestic science, it's Anna Renzenbrink. And from the Victorian College of the Arts, representing Shakespeare, it's Jenny Lovell. of Grain of Truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to the ridiculously absurd questions, scenarios and topics. But this episode's all about breaking tradition. So in this spirit, whoever gets the least points gets the slightly less coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is the Grain of Truth participation certificate. (laughs) It can go right on the fridge, along with your drawing from grade one, your Mother's Day card and your bachelor's degree. (laughs) You're going down, ladies. <laughs> you are going downtown. Anyway. It'd be the first time a man has oppressed women, isn't that right? Now, before that we... wasn't what I was going for. <laughs> but you fell in the hole anyway. I don't know. <laughs> so often the way. You know what I'll do? I'll dig my way out. <laughs> uh, dig up, stupid. Uh, now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small challenge for everybody. Now, normally I'd get you to find the grain of truth that connects either all of your topics, mm-hmm. which is performing arts, heroes, domestic science, and Shakespeare, or alternatively, what connects all of your names, Stacey, Rob, Anna, and Jenny. But today, I want you to tell me how your topic connects with your name and how they link with the theme of breaking tradition. Whoa. So that is the, uh, the challenge that we have today. I won't be doing anything except thinking about that. <laughs> mm. uh, but we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second Ted-style presentation relating to a theme. At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at the 90-second mark, they'll hear this noise at which they must wrap up their talk. Whoever uses their special skills to present on the theme the best gets the points. The theme of this t- presentation is breaking tradition. So in that spirit, we'll start with Jenny Lovell, representing Shakespeare, what? to talk about but breaking tradition. <laughs> Why yes! has everyone got their pants yes! on their heads? They're breaking yes! tradition! There's no system at all! We are going left to right, not right to left, for everybody listening at home. <laughs> Thank I you. hope my 90 seconds hasn't started. No, it hasn't started yet. <laughs> and ding! It has not started yet. Is it actually oh. 90 seconds or is it 90 hours? <laughs> the inver- well, It's actually the inverse. It's one over 90 seconds. It's one ninetieth of a second. Don't ruin no. it with maths. <laughs> <laughs> my students tell me that all the time. We're... <laughs> We start with Jenny Lovell representing Shakespeare to talk about breaking tradition. Jenny, your time begins now. 
Without breaking tradition, where would we be without, we would not have any of the great Shakespearean tragedies. For example, why save your king when you can take advice from three very strange women on a heath and just invite him over to dinner and murder him? Why simply pass your crown on to the next in line when you can get your children to say how much they love you and brown nose their way into the kingdom? Why challenge your brother for the leadership when you can just wait till he's asleep, pour poison in his ear, and then spend the rest of the play worrying about his son who's acting kind of crazy and might be stabbing you in the back? Why stick with your family and just go drinking with your mates and marry whoever they tell you when in fact you can fall in love with your enemy's daughter and then accidentally get your friend stabbed in a knife fight? (laughs) None of this would be possible in Shakespeare without the breaking of tradition. And it's not just in the tragedies, it's also the comedies. Why have one twin when you can in fact have two sets of identical twins? And why stay at home as a woman looking after your kids and your husband where you can put man clothes on and go out there and have adventures and tease men who think they're in love with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Lovell! It's like you know my life. (laughs) Now, traditionally, I would ask a question that would open to you and to the panellists, but in breaking tradition, I'm going to invite Jenny Lovell to ask a question to the panel of something that you would like to do, or a question to me in either regards to the concept of breaking tradition, Shakespeare, or anything you'd like. Excellent, excellent. Um, Anna Renzenbrink, you've recently been travelling. You might have a traditional number of foods that you eat. What was the most exotic thing that you ate while you were away? The most exotic thing that I ate while I was away? (laughs) Well, it would have to have been cottage cheese. (laughs) <laughs> How does that break your own tradition? Anna? I would never have eaten cottage cheese in Melbourne. Gross. <laughs> but when your hostess offers you a salad with cottage cheese on top, you, you eat it. Excellent. Fantastic. I'm satisfied. <laughs> there we go. Well, to next speak on the topic of breaking tradition is Anna Renzenbrink, representing domestic science. Anna, your time begins then. Tradition. <laughs> tradition. So, I'm going to speak of the most mysterious and fear-provoking set of traditions, those of the wedding. The traditions of white dresses, gold rings, doves, crying mothers and drunk uncles go back hundreds of years. Yet, you will be shocked to hear that many of these traditions have been altered and reinvented more times than Kim Kardashian's face. Sometimes for the worse, like allowing grannies to be flower girls and wedding photographers to be frustrated filmmaking wankers. <laughs> for example, kissing while cutting and eating a piece of wedding cake has also become a sensibly broken tradition. For once upon a time, it was usual to pile all the baked goods high and if the happy couple could kiss over the top of the pile without toppling it, then they were assured a lifetime of prosperity. But who wants groom sweat dripping all over their red velvet three-tiered cupcakes? Not me. (laughs) Some would say that the tradition of hurling a bouquet at the desperate group of unmarried ladies is humiliation enough, full of opportunities to be pass-ag and pointed in the aiming of the flowers towards the spinsters, ex-girlfriends of the new groom and the broken-hearted. Well, it could have been worse if the tradition of bride pie had hung around. (laughs) Fancy trying to impress the best man while your fellow bridesmaids scrabble around, fist deep in, in mincemeat, looking for a glass ring planted by the bride in the hope someone who dares to wear the mid-length yellow dress 
well, <laughs> chokes. And also, finally, imagine if the tradition of the wedding cake, which existed in medieval Britain, hadn't been broken. Guests would still be pelting wheat cakes at the bride as a symbol of fertility. No faster way to ruin a bride's special day than to give her a black eye with a hard bunt cake. <laughs> Save the bunting for the wedding night. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, continuing on our breaking tradition, Anna, is there a question that you would like to ask the panel about either tradition or about domestic science or anything you would like to... I would like each panellist to give me an alternative definition of bunting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to refer back to your own very... um, illuminating talk and say bunting is a verb meaning to be fist deep in mincemeat. (laughs) (laughs) To bunt. That's right. To bunt. Lakayam. They do it. There's a bunt festival in Bavaria. Oh, so much meat. (laughs) Bunt is just, bunt is fun. Bunt is, bunt is alive. Bunting is, bunting is something that is festive. Yes? Bunt. To bunt is to be happy. It makes it sound like a um, 1970s good life festival. Yeah. The yes. Bunt Festival. The bunt and, and to clarify, the reason why uh, Innes and I didn't actually give a meaning of bunting is because <laughs> we're doing it listen. right now on stage. <laughs> Every time Innes and I are on stage, we bunt with the best of we, them. You are, you are expert until the cows come home, all right? Uh, hey? Mood. Hey? Now, our next speaker is Rob Lloyd, representing Heroes, to present on the theme of breaking tradition. Rob, your time begins uh, now. Now, to break with tradition of what I normally do at Grain of Truth is just to get up here and make up stuff off the top of the head, off my head, I have actually prepared this week. Good Lord! Preparation for me means writing down a couple of notes and just searching IMDb. I'm going to talk about uh, the one character in my life, literary character, who uh, broke with tradition and was one of my biggest influences, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. And I'm going to go through uh, the top five uh, live performances or best performances uh, from actors who play him because, of course, the, the definitive version of Sherlock Holmes is the one on the pages written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Nerd! <laughs> so... <laughs> My top five uh, Sherlock Holmes performances. Uh, number five. Thank you very much for the drum roll, the mime drum roll there, Stacey Taylor. Uh, Basil of Baker Street. Yes, I am aware that my number five is actually an animated rat. <laughs> but that is far better than anything Benedict Cumberbatch or Robert Downey Jr. has ever done. Wash your mouth out. You got the pantomime crowd upside down. All the fangirls have left. Uh, <laughs> Number four, Mr. Peter Cushing was a huge Sherlock Holmes fan and he appeared in Hammer Horrors, Hound of the Baskervilles and came back to replace Douglas uh, Wilmere in 1965 series. Most of them have uh, been erased but you can see a couple of them in glorious colour and he came back to play an old version of Sherlock Holmes in The Masks of Death and so see that rather than Mr. Ian Richardson, uh, Mr. Ian McKellen doing it in uh, Mr. Holmes. Number three, Basil Rathbone who was the first Sherlock Holmes I ever saw, saw who was uh, introduced to me by my dad. Uh, he was the the first homes to be set in modern times during World War II, and he was incredible. Uh, number two is Jeremy Brett, who is known as the definitive version of Sherlock Holmes, and he definitely is, especially in his first season. But as later on, uh, depression took him over, uh, medication took him over, and he lost the spark of what he originally had. But number one, the greatest Sherlock Holmes in my mind is... Mr. Ian Richardson, who played him in only two versions of it in 1983 in The Hound of the Baskervilles and The Sign of Four. He then came back and played the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes in the 
brilliant series Murder Rooms where he played Dr. Joseph Bell. Uh, so if you want to see any versions of Sherlock Holmes, go check out Mr. Ian Richardson. So thank you very much for the breaking tradition that is Sherlock Holmes. Ladies and gentlemen! Very good. Nicely concluded. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now, Mr. Lloyd, again, the question's up to you. If there's something about heroes or about breaking tradition that you would like to ask the panel. Yeah, I've, I, I want you to talk to me, Mr. Mr. Innes, yeah. about um, your, your, your biggest hero in, uh, in, in comedy and performance is Mr. Stephen Fry, I'd go so far as to say. Uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, Stephen Fry is uh, probably my hero, mainly because he learned for the sake of learning. And so mm. his comedy is all about, is never about, for lack of a better phrase, dumbing things down for a general populace. If you listen to any of his talk, he will talk, make references to particle physics or, or to P.G. Woodhouse and that sort of thing. And in fact, that leads to my other comedy hero, which is P.G. Woodhouse, because he speaks to me as being comedy for just being purely delightful I love his writing because it's funny and it's just purely delightful and that inspires me as someone who just likes things for being delightful so those are my two heroes uh, what about what about the rest of the, the panel so uh, Anna we'll carry on with you do you have a, a, a hero you'd like to mention a hero yeah, yeah. The hero comes along a comedy hero a comedy hero <laughs> or a, a hero in life or I've gone completely blank We'll come back to you. Jenny Lovell, you must have someone. My, uh, my hero is Judy Dench. Yeah. Um, both for her comedy oh, and yeah, yeah. There's a woman who knows how to use words and wring every drop of meaning uh, from them. I was lucky enough to see her when I was 16 years of age and uh, when she played both uh, Perdita and uh, Hermione in Twelfth Night. So she played both the mother and the daughter. <laughs> um, and uh, Royal Shakespeare Company and Viola, I saw her do at the same time when they used to tour out here. So she's been my goddess ever since then. That's mm. my hero. Stacey Taylor. Eric Morecambe. Oh, oh, yes. As I have... Become older, my list of heroes is extended and is, is um, mostly um, represented by heroines. But if I'm being perfectly honest and true to the child within, <laughs> Eric Morecambe I could have watched yeah. on high rotation 24 hours a day and still adore. So if you had your own channel, it would be the Morecambe it channel. It would be the Morecambe channel. Love it. You got one yet, Rensbury? Yes. <laughs> Dr. Terence Elliott from, oh. from a country practice. <laughs> so wise. What was his comedy so like? So compassionate. <laughs> his unintentional comedy when he did that emergency tracheotomy with a ballpoint pen was just really made a big impression on me. But yeah. you, Rob? Oh, I've uh, talked about... I've, uh, the Sherlock Holmes? Or yeah. Yeah. Comedy, comedy hero. hero. Comedy hero, yeah. Comedy hero. Um, oh, gosh. Would comedy it be hero. the Muppets? Yeah, 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 that's it, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Kermit the Frog is a oh. comedy genius. And I'll talk about real Kermit the Frog done by Jim Henson. Mm. Uh, these uh, pale imitations uh, mm. that have taken place since. Um, so, yeah. He, um, would, you, would you have wanted Kermit to be no more? No, 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 no. I mean, I, li- I like that he's carrying on, but it's, it's, it, they've, they've lost a bit of the... What 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 Kermit was was sassy and he was also quite ballsy as well and he could be quite calm and sensitive but he could be uh, you know quite crazy as well but what he diluted into was more of this all round overall nice guy which lost a bit of the the insanity that he had inside him one of my you know the favorite parts about the Looney Tunes was that uh, Porky Pig was always the mild mannered guy but when he snapped 
he was dangerous. And that happens with, with Kermit as well, back in the, the glory days of the 60s and 70s and the late 80s. There were those moments when he would be nice and kind and friendly, but sometimes Piggy would push him too far or the rest of the guys would push him too far and he would snap. And I love that type of range from a, from a comedy character. And he had you know ping pong balls for eyes, so what more do you need? <laughs> That's, that's range, to be able to get emotion <laughs> out of you know, stuff like that. And before he snapped, he'd get that funny, um, those funny crinkles. Oh, yeah. Towards the back. And he'd pant as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funnier than a Muppet panting in anger. Yeah. Funny is the word. Our final speaker is Stacey Taylor, <laughs> oh, representing God. Performing Arts, to present on the theme of breaking tradition. Uh, Stacey, your time begins uh, then. Yes, well, traditions are broken widely in the kind of performing arts and wider media. And for one really obvious example, of course, is that families no longer sit in front of a television for appointment viewing. They are all quite literally left to their own devices on which they pick something that suits their attention span. And lots has been said about this in terms of blah, 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 human contact, blah, 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 <laughs> socialisation, blah, blah, ear cancer, whatever. <laughs> But nobody's really thinking about, and I'm sure there are some, those poor comedians that have built a career off the back of remote control jokes because they are becoming increasingly irrelevant. But I don't think that there's any reason not to break with tradition. So despite these weeping comedians, I too, like my learned friend Rob Lloyd, have a list of the top five traditions that I would like to see broken in the performing arts and wider media. Number five applauding during the in-memoriam section of award shows. Ah. <laughs> no <laughs> grieving family member wants to see the deceased person faring badly against a clapometer just because they worked in continuity or whatever. Gosh, I got the bell and I'm only up to number four. News readers sitting behind desks. If I have to dress my bottom half for work, so do they. <laughs> Number three, contemporary arts, co I mean contemporary dance costumes that involve a frock and boy cut underpants. If I'm not allowed to roll on the ground and show my undies at work, neither should they. <laughs> Number two, movie trailers. They are just like that annoying friend who recommends a movie by telling you the whole plot. And I reckon what you should have instead mm -hmm. is like master interviews of freaky fans speculating as to what might happen or should. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, ladies and gentlemen, she says, going morbidly over time. Thank you very much. Number one, weather forecasts. A waste of broadcast because anyone under 60 can check the weather on their phone and anyone over 60 can feel it in their hips. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And the same opportunity to you, Stacey, in the theme of breaking tradition. Is there a question you'd like to ask either about or performing arts or about breaking tradition? Yes. Yes, I would. I just want to <laughs> in know. In such an angry <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, I think, all oh, just aside, I think my ideas were sensible. Mm. Mm. And I want to know if any of you can think of any traditions that should now be broken in the media and wider performing arts for the greater good. Thinking that exploring and doing a production of Shakespeare in a suit is somehow making it interesting and contemporary <laughs> for our audiences. Stop it! Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, misleading uh, clickbait articles oh. that are of anything other than BuzzFeed for news articles trying to be BuzzFeed. So, you know, this person uh, knelt down by this child, you won't believe what happened next. Unless they imploded into a nebula, uh, <laughs> I, I, usually they just smiled. And that's ruining everything! <laughs> So, uh, clickbait article titles I would like to get rid of. I think we need to move on from half-hour time slot programming. 
Oh yes, good. I just think all the all the channels just got a little bit, you know, crazy. Because <laughs> no one's watching things as at appointment times anyway. So what does it matter if something starts at eleven twenty seven and finishes at twelve thirty nine? It'll take as long as it takes. I like it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that they say that's when they're going to start and they don't. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Um, Powerball. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> well, that's the end of the round, so it's our time for a score update from the Boffins. Boffins. Oh, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth bully, Rob is in last place by being a total dweeb. Yes! Damn, that means he's winning. (laughs) And you, Mum, I'm doing you proud. The next round is the analysis and application round. Our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Jenny and Anna, I challenge you to enact uh, the storyline of Streetcar Named Desire, but I'd like you to do the Australian version of that. So this is the Australian version that's been adapted of Streetcar Named Desire. So when you're ready, away you go. G'day, Blanche. You, oh, I don't know that you can stay here. Me and Stella have got it all worked out in this flat. There ain't enough room for both of us. But I, I just got the sky bus for one way. <laughs> <laughs> you got crazy eyes, Blanche. Oh, Stan, stop it. Uh, you got a spa here? <laughs> no, just the regular bathroom. <sighs> oh, well, uh, want to have a bath with me? Yeah, don't come so close to me there, Blanche. You look like you're coming on to me, girl. I am coming on to you. I'm you... married to your sister, you crazy bitch. Well, I'm going to go call the authorities and have you locked up. Well, why are you waving that packet of meat at me? <laughs> <laughs> you having a barbie or something? <laughs> it's a packet of meat in my pocket. Are you just happy to see me? Oh, stop it, Stan. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and give her a call. Stella! <laughs> Stella! Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Jenny! <laughs> and you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> Tune in at 1.53. <laughs> For our seven-hour interpretation of a Nam Carb streetcar named Desire in Berwick. <laughs> now, now, Stacey and Rob... <laughs> I challenge you to be a stereotypical elder holiday in couple, explaining why the following events that you were a part of were not all bad, um, and the event that you were part of was the Chernobyl disaster. So why was that not all bad? Oh, it could have been worse, couldn't it? Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. I mean, could have had a radioactive lizard come out and destroy, (laughs) but didn't. I I I never saw one radioactive reptile. I didn't see. In fact, I was a bit disappointed. Need a bit more radioactive <laughs> reptiles in my life. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind the skin hanging off me in, in, in sheets. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, the audience, the audience have turned against us, but I don't care. <laughs> well, you that know, could be worse too. That could be worse there too. Could they be could be more of them. They could be storming us. the stage. They could be breaking with tradition and tearing us down. They could be cheering us to stop. Go against tradition. Come on, Ben. Don't just be weakling. You don't like it. Tell us you don't like it. Break with tradition, audience. It's not just us. If you hate what we're doing, tell us. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob. 
He nominated a spokesperson. I like that. It's too soon. It's efficient. Well, that's the end of the round, so it's now back over to the Boffins with a score update. Boffins. Yes, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth Local Food Festival, Anna is in last place by being a foreign brand. Our next round is called the Agony Aunts Round. So each team will be playing a pair of counsellors who will give advice based on the problems that you, the audience, will call out. So I'll be asking for you very shortly to call out if there is a problem that you're having in your life and we're going to get some advice. And then at the, once the advice has been given, we'll be asking you which, one, which uh, pair of counsellors you felt gave the best advice. Uh, but you'll be playing characters. Uh, so, Stacy and Rob, I'll be asking you to play Rick and Bridget, the two coolest kids in high school who play by their own rules. Okay, so you're Rick and Bridget. Uh, Jenny and Anna, I'd like you to play Flora and Tilly, two 19th century spinsters from the town of Cottesloe. Okay, so uh, what I to lose this. <laughs> unfair advantage. <laughs> so uh, I would like to know if there is uh, a problem or a concern that an audience member experienced earlier this week. Noisy neighbours. All right, so we need uh, uh, issues for noisy neighbours. I'm going to start with uh, Rick and Bridget uh, to tell us what would be your solution uh, to some noisy neighbours. Well, you just go over there and you just tell them to f*** up. That's right, Bridge. (laughs) Rick and I do it all the time. We just go, hey... We're the ones that make the noise. We don't like your noise. Yeah, and uh, what you can do if there's getting into a bit of a Barney, bit of a bit of a bit of a bit of a Griffin Tanner action, yeah. you can actually invite them over. Yeah, and create your own party. Yeah, yeah, and so two parties combined, so their sound and your sound. You know what sound that makes? Awesome. Awesome sound. So there you have it. I've kind of gone the negative. And Rick's kind of gone the positive, and somewhere you can split the difference and, you know, either join in or, or don't. I don't <laughs> want to say that we're as good as the United Nations. <laughs> I want to say we're better. Yeah, because we give a balanced point of view, and you can do either of those things. I've oh, never seen Kofi Annan go to somebody's <laughs> house and invite them around after threatening them, so take that, Kofi. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. So I'm going to now head over to Flora and Tilly. What would you do about uh, noisy neighbours? Sister? Well, Flora, I think it would be best for you to make some of your molasses toffees and give them to the neighbours, but they are very chewy and would prevent anybody from talking. Are you saying that my molasses toffees are not quite of the order in which they should be? Well, someone suggested they should melt in the mouth, but your toffees last a very long time. And with the toffees, perhaps a card? Yes, a very nicely inscribed card with yes. a with a, a pleading message, perhaps. Yes, but not so pleading that they would think us. Yes, unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it's either we've got invite them over or uh, <laughs> force feed them toffee. So which? Uh, so will you go with uh, Rick and Bridget's invite them over? <laughs> or will you go with Flora and Tilly's uh, force feeding toffee? Uh, for uh, by one d- small half a decibel, it'll be the Florentilli. I've got the point so far. Oh, so get another one, applause. Such charming people you have here. Okie dokie. Now, is there another issue that people have either <clears throat> this week or something that... Oh, well, let's go with something that annoyed you when you were in high school. What was something that really got you really deep and down during high school? 
Goths. Oh. Okay, there is the problem of goths in uh, for having to do with high school. I'm going to start in this case with Flora and Tilly. Can you tell us how you would uh, what how would you give a problem with goths? Well, the gothic tradition, as we know from the writers of the period, can be quite exciting um, in that notion of a of a dark gentleman. So perhaps you have not quite explored their traditions, um, Matilda. I agree with you, dear sister. I think rather than spurning the Gothics, one should invite them into your home for tea. Yes, for a Gothic has a lovely turn of phrase and usually an interesting manner. And sister, such excellent lace cuffs. Yes, (laughs) and always, always very interesting on the make-up. Oh, yes. We do oh, like yes. a pale visage here in Colorado. <laughs> we do. Thank we you very do. much. Uh, so, uh, but Rick and Bridget, what would you do about the goths? Oh, it's easy. <laughs> Go yeah. into their house with some toffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why goths are so depressed? They don't have any toffee. You yeah. know what Bridget and I make brilliantly? Toffee. toffee. <laughs> have you ever tried Rick and Bridget's toffee? Toffee. Diet? It's brilliant. You know what? I was a goth in uh, year 10. Oh, are you sure you want to talk about this, Bridget? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's what got rid of me is I, I, I was just my blood sugar levels were low, eh, Rick? Yeah, it's all about the blood sugar levels. <laughs> yeah. Once I had some sugar, I was fine. I cheered up. I stopped playing that really bad music. Yeah. I stopped wearing the makeup and stuff. And so, you know, just try a little kindness. Now, be careful. Our toffee's a bit sticky. But that's all right. The longer the toffee takes to dissolve in one's mouth, the cheerier you get. You start off listening to the cure, you'll end up chewing toffee. To Megan Trainer. Yeah! Oh, lovely. So, uh, once again, I'm going to your applause. <laughs> if you said it with confidence, it makes it all the better. So, uh, either it's about learning more about the goths, or, again, uh, taking an answer that's already been done. So, uh, <laughs> yes. so again, your applause. Is it understanding the goths? Or plagiarism. Or, or is it toffee? <laughs> oh, toffee went And once again, Flora, do you give a round of applause? Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, well, that's the end of the round, so it's back over to the Boffins for a score update. What can you tell us, Boffins? Thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth supervisor, Jenny is in last place with an official warning. Oh, oh excellent. Okay, well now... Well, I just don't know how much crepper Robin I can be. <laughs> We're really trying. <laughs> don't try, you this see. This is rigged, rigged. Uh, I don't really have to try that hard. Um, but again, now once again, in the spirit of breaking tradition, I'm going to ask the panel to stand up. So the panel oh. to stand up. If I can have the panel to stand up. Because it's now time for our next round, the 10-second rave party round! Yeah! Well, that's the end of the round, so it's now back over to the Boffins for a score update. Boffins! Yes, thank you, David. Uh, according to the Grain of Truth Hollywood agent, Stacey is now in last place by being not young enough to appear with George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth ch- Connection oh, Challenge. Firstly, did anyone manage to get a connection between your topics, your names, and the breaking of tradition? Yes. 
Oh, oh, yes, Jenny. What was the connection between Jenny, Shakespeare, and breaking of tradition? I have to say I'm breaking tradition. I can't do it on the Jenny, but I can do it on the Lovell. Right. Um, oh. Because uh, Sir Richard Lovell uh, served uh, Richard III, uh, yes, indeed, and mm. was of the House of York oh. to such an extent that uh, Catesby, Ratcliffe, and Lovell uh, were his henchmen, and on the church door it wrote, uh, somebody wrote, the cat, the rat, and Lovell, the dog, ruleth in England under the hog, being Richard III, and breaking with tradition, uh, that very ancestor, they believe, ran from the Battle of Bosworth Field. Cowards all, we Lovells. And uh, they think actually locked himself in Lovell Minster, the homestead, uh, because years later a wall was knocked down and there was a body that just went to dust. So he immured himself for sheer cowardice. Yes! Oh, give a big round of applause. That's amazing. I think, I think he shouldn't be seen as a coward because he was a Lovell, not a fighter. Uh. <laughs> uh, did anyone else have any uh, connections between your names, your special subjects, and the concept of breaking tradition? Uh, I have a connection with uh, Lloyd Hero and breaking with tradition. Sure. So uh, it's uh, 2015. It is uh, we're in the future, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the ah. Future Two is set uh, in this year. So let's go look at. Uh, the genius that is Christopher Lloyd, mm. who played Dr. Emmett Brown, and he broke with the traditions of the usual wacky, crazy scientist type character, and through the course of the three films, he pl- uh, played Dr. Emmett Brown, who was a bit unstable and a little bit uh, possibly dangerous in the first film, and then became sort of like the defender of time in the second one, and he broke with tradition in the third one, they made him the romantic lead. Mm. So, uh, falling in love with Mary Steenburgen, and who wouldn't fall in love with her? Mm. Mary Steenburgen. So, yes, I'm going to say uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, there's Oh, give a round of applause. Yeah. It's an excellent set of connections there. Very good. Anything else? Well, <laughs> the Wrens and Brinks were traditionally cooking food of a Germanic and Dutch nature. <laughs> and then one day, my father won a Nando's pasta cookbook in a Spensley Street Primary School Tombola competition. Tombola being bingo. And ever since that day, the Rins and Brinks have broken with tradition and made a lot of pasta as family meals. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where they got the time to think, but when you first mentioned it, I did, of course, think of Elizabeth Taylor. Um, her, you know, her blatant breaking of the tradition of marriage, of which you would approve. You know, not only having all the husbands, but also having one of them twice. I think that's amazing. No, I think that's very and good. And performing arts, rah, 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 blah, blah, connection. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stacey Taylor. <laughs> but seriously. Well, you've got all connections with your surnames. I've got connections with your first names. Ah. Um, well so done, Stacey. Stacey Sims is a playwright who broke tradition with her play The Vivian Girls, where the characters were all inspired by paintings by Henry Dauger. Uh, Robert Reynolds broke the tradition of heroes by being the first and mightiest superheroes and being one of the first to ingest experimental super soldier formula to become the sentry slash the void, at least according to timelines. Void? Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that should be my Lloyd superhero the name. <laughs> Chef Anna Polivieu uh, changed the tradition of the Shangri-La Hotel by introducing a focus of pastries. What? And she was the only female in the running of the Nedel Trophy, which is dessert of the year, and she won it. She bunted it. She bunted it. And Jenny Agata, or could be Agata, is the patron Agata. of uh, Agata is the patron of the Shakespeare Schools Festival in the UK, which has broken tradition by abridging the Bard's Place into half now and using these to teach kids confidence and performance. Lovely. So there. 
there is uh, there is the Great connection. Actress. So, but now it's over to the boffins to determine who is being given the participation certificate. Uh, very appropriately breaking tradition, the recipient of the participation certificate this day is Mr. Rob Lloyd! Well done for getting last place. What are you going to do with your grain of truth participation certificate? I'm going to stand on the stage holding it very proudly in front of me while my parents take many, many photos. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, that's the end of the program. I hope you can enjoy. You can come and see us for one last time on the first Saturday of December at 1pm at the Wesleyan. Our website is www.grainoftruth.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash grain of truth show and on Twitter at grain of truth. And now let's thank our panel, Stacey Taylor, Rob Lloyd, and our week, Jenny Lovell, our boss of the week, Brendan Jelly. Our composer, Matthew Hayden, our friends, my wife, Bell, of the studios, our logo designer, Tom Mike. I'm a team property manager, centrist, and official fun better at your camera. I've been here the Wesleyan. I've been here. 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 I've been here.